So full disclosure, I do not like fishing. I just have no patience for that whatsoever. But when it comes to eating fish, oh yeah, sign me up. I love fish, salmon, halibut, fresh tuna, trout, you name it, barbecued, grilled, sauteed, whatever it is, you wanna cook it, I'll eat it. But I don't really think that's what Jesus is getting at in today's gospel. I'm Father Alan, and welcome to Sipping on the Sabbath. So it's good to have you here with me today, especially any of you who are tuning in for the first time, either watching this video or listening to me on the podcast. It's almost been a year now since I've been doing these weekly videos, so thank you very much for journeying along uh, with me and your faithfulness. A friend of mine said to me last week, Alan, you could have called your reflection a triple R-rated homily. Remember the three R's of last week? First of all, we had re... what was it? Re... repent. And then <laughs> the second one was to renounce. And the third one was to receive. Well, today, after reflecting on the readings, looking at Isaiah chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Luke chapter 5, I saw a very interesting dynamic that I want to speak about. It's actually a quadruple or a four-pronged approach that Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, used to encounter us, to minister to us, and send us out on a mission, all leading to what I could call this week a quadruple our rated homily, four R's. But first of all, let's just talk about that four-pronged dynamic that we see in our readings. So the four elements are that first of all, God initiates. Secondly, there is a vision and experience that the individual has with God. And then on the individual's part, there is a hesitation, there's a recognition of one's own sinfulness, one's own inadequacies, but then through God's ministry in their hearts, in our hearts, he sends them and he sends us out on a mission. So let's first of all look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6. So God initiates the encounter with Isaiah. Isaiah is allowed to have this powerful vision of the Lord who is being ministered to by the angels with six six wings, very, very, very dramatic uh, experience he has of, of God. And Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. So he's allowed to have this experience. And immediately it stirs up in Isaiah's heart, Isaiah's recognition of his own life. I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. I am lost. I am doomed. Woe is me, Isaiah says. And the reason was that there was this common belief that if I had a vision of God, then I was surely going to die. So the Lord, in his mercy and love for Isaiah, in his preparation for Isaiah and the ministry that he was to offer him uh, later on, it takes through the, the angel, this hot coal, and puts it to Isaiah's lips. Now, that's not a very 
pleasant experience. I'm going to have a cup of, of coffee here in my hand. You know, it's warm enough for me. Anything hotter than that is like, whoa, it burns my lips, right? So, but um, Isaiah has this experience, and even though it's painful, it's therapeutic, and it brings Isaiah to a deeper understanding of his need for the Lord, uh, the healing power of God in his life. Uh, it reminds me of important spiritual principle that uh, pain is often the touchstone of growth in the spiritual life. Uh, I wish it was another way. I wish that God could use other things, and he does, but I mean, in most cases in our life, the cross is the pathway to spiritual growth, uh, spiritual holiness. I am a priest of the companions of the cross. The truth is that there is no growth in the spiritual life apart from the cross. So I embrace the cross as it manifests itself in my life. It's not a sign that God has abandoned me, God's punishing me, but it is a way for me to unite myself with him on the cross whereupon he died for me. And so Isaiah has this experience. God initiates, he has the vision, God ministers to him. And then the Lord says, who will I send? And Isaiah says, here I am, send me. And the further verse that we have, which is not included in today's excerpt from Isaiah chapter 6, is God says to Isaiah, okay, go go. He is sent out. Then we have St. Paul in our second reading. Again, we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And God initiates as well. You know from the Acts of the Apostles, Paul is on his way to Damascus to search out for those who are following the way. And whether or not he fell off his horse or not, that's open for debate and scripture scholars can discuss that. But he has this experience of God, so profound, so dramatic, he literally falls to the ground. He hears the voice, who are you, Lord? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? The Lord asks him. Others who were there heard the voice but couldn't see anything. And so Paul has this dramatic experience of the Lord. He himself recognizes his own sinfulness, his own unworthiness. He's blinded. He needs to be led by the hand into Damascus. Uh, the Lord ministers to him through Ananias, who heals them of his blindness. And in today's reading, Paul reminds us, like, I am the least of the apostles. I don't deserve this title because of what I was up to that is uh, persecuting the followers of Jesus before I had my own profound experience of, of God. And then after this experience and after this healing and preparation, the Lord empowers him and he goes out. And today, Paul says to us, listen, I'm just handing on to you what I received. I'm just the messenger. And he became a powerful uh, missionary uh, to the Gentiles. Uh, proclaiming uh, Jesus in such a way as to refute the arguments of those who were against the Lord. And St. Paul is lifted up to us uh, today as an example of someone who had his experience of God. And so if I think I'm really far away from God, well, we're not out of reach of God, nor was St. Paul out of reach of God. And then we have in today's gospel, we're looking at Luke chapter 5, the call of the first four uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. You can also find these uh, scripture references in the other two synoptic gospels, 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the three synoptic gospels, so Matthew and Mark also have the call of the four by Jesus. Matthew and Mark mention specifically Andrew. Luke doesn't mention Andrew in today's uh, call or invitation to follow him, but we'll surmise that he was there as well. And so again, this fourfold dynamic of how the Lord calls, how the Lord enters into our life and ministers to us is, is once again evident in the gospel. So God initiates. The gospel says that Jesus is walking along by the lake of Genesaret. Now, with the Lord, everything is intentional. He's not just going up for some casual kind of walk. He went there because he knew he would find these four, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, and others, gathered there after a day's work of uh, fishing. And the Lord enters into their experience, enters into their life. And that's an important thing for us to remember, that the Lord wants to and does enter into the circumstances of our life as they are. Not necessarily as we hope they would be, or not until we think we're ready to receive him, he will come to us. He's not ashamed, not embarrassed, not shy about that. So he comes into the experience of Peter and says, Peter, let me, lend me your boat. He gets into the boat, goes off a little bit from the shore and begins to speak to the crowd. It's natural use of nature to project one's voice. We know how sound travels over uh, water. And so he enters into the experience of these four and the Lord then performs this miracle with the cooperation of Peter, and I'll get to that in a minute. But it's such an overwhelming experience that Peter says, Lord, depart from me, for I am indeed a sinful man. And it's not recorded there in today's gospel account, but Jesus would have said, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's true. Yep, and you're going to say a few things in the future that you're going to regret. But hey, you know what? I'm calling you anyway. And again, they're sent out on mission. They make a decision. That's such this great catch of fish. If you saw the, the, the mission, excuse me, the... Um, not the mission, the, the YouTube phenomenon, the, um, the chosen, that's right, sorry, uh, the chosen uh, YouTube series about the life of Jesus. This scene is a very powerful one. It's put in the context of Peter and Andrew, again, fishing all night. Peter owes this debt. How am I going to pay off this debt? I haven't caught any fish, etc. Whether that's the true of what really happened or not, I don't know. But anyway, Peter has this experience of the Lord. And the gospel says they left everything, they left their nets, and they followed Jesus. So that's this fourfold dynamic. God initiates, God provides, allows for a vision and experience of himself. We come to see our own sinfulness, our own inadequacies. The Lord ministers to us in that, and then he does decide to send us out on mission and we give our yes to his invitation and cooperate with him. Do we know exactly what it means? No. Did Isaiah, did Paul, Peter, Andrew, James, and John fully understand what it meant to say yes to the Lord's call in their life? No, but they cooperated 
with him. That's his fourfold dynamic. But I want to speak to you about how we can apply this more particularly to our own life in light of yet another dimension of this dynamic in today's gospel. And here's where we get to the, the four R's, the four, the quadruple rated R homily of the reality, of the response, of the result, and actually, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. I'm, I'm not gonna tell you what the fourth one is. I want you to watch the whole video <laughs> to the end, right? So the first thing we have here, that the first of the four R's is the reality. And the reality is that in today's gospel, Peter had fished with Andrew all night long and they had caught nothing. Now, you just imagine how discouraging that would have been. If you want to think about Peter owing this debt, he needs to catch these fish to pay off the debt. What's he going to do now, right? They're at the end of the rope or the end of their, <laughs> the end of their net, their fishing net. They're the professionals. They're supposed to know what they're doing and they have caught nothing. What's the lesson? The reality is that, well, sometimes my best plans are not all that uh, great. I'm not self-sufficient. I can't do it all by myself. But then there is the, the response. The Lord says to Peter, throw your nets out into the deep for a catch. And Peter says, okay, if that's what you're asking me to do, that is what I will do. Isaiah, Paul, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, they were not called by the Lord. They were not given their mission by the Lord because they were necessarily qualified, had the natural attributes that would make them powerful missionaries, but they were called because they had a willingness to say yes. And you see, that, my dear friends, really is, is the crux of the issue. It's our willingness. Do I have the willingness to cooperate with the Lord? Not because I understand fully what it means, but because I just want to trust in him because I know my plans don't always work out. In fact, left to myself, I sometimes find myself in these jackpots. How did I get here again? Right, Lord, I want trust in you. I want trust in your initiative and your promptings, and he speaks to our hearts. So there is the reality, then there is the response, and then there is the result. The gospel says they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. Not that they did break, but they were beginning to break. They were strained, and so much so that they needed the help of others. Enter James and John. We need the help of others in the spiritual life. We're not meant to do this by ourselves. We're not meant to look after ourselves. We're meant to look after each other. The result is that when I cooperate with the Lord, good things happen in my life. When I say yes to the Lord and follow his promptings day in, day out, sometimes one day at a time, sometimes even one hour at a time. But all of this, whether it's the initial dynamic, fourfold dynamic I talked about at the beginning that we see in the life of Isaiah, Paul, and the four apostles, 
or the three R's I've mentioned thus far, it all comes down to the fourth R, the four R rated homily that we recognize the reality, the response, the results, and finally, it is the risk, to take a risk with the Lord. Am I willing to take a risk with the Lord? Jesus has gone fishing. He's not standing beside the lake of Genesaret to actually catch fish for breakfast, lunch, or supper. He's fishing for the hearts of these initial four, as he will fish later on for the hearts of the others whom he would invite to follow him, particularly closely as his 12 apostles. Will I take a risk with the Lord? The Lord says to Peter, cast out your nets into the deep. Reflect upon that notion just for a minute, the deep, like you're swimming, right? You're swimming in a lake, and you can't touch the bottom, and you wonder like, ooh, or you can't even see the bottom, you're like, like, what's down there, right? Or we're swimming out in the middle of the lake, and it's deep, and we can't touch the bottom, and inevitably we think, oh, something, whoa, like, what is that? Like something, I felt something, something touched my feet, <laughs> you know? Maybe, maybe not, I don't know, but it's deep and we can't see and that stirs up a little bit of, I don't know, hesitation or some consternation or whatever verb we stir up in our hearts when that kind of stuff happens to us. We can't see the bottom, we don't know what's down there, we don't necessarily what it all what it all means, like the follow put out in the deep, what does that really mean? I don't know, but am I willing to take a risk with the Lord? Because the Lord has gone fishing. And what the Lord is fishing for is your heart and mine. Well, I let the Lord catch my heart, not with the lure, not with a hook, not with a net, except the net of his love, of his grace, of his mercy, of his peace. Jesus, again, he gets into a boat, goes off a little bit from the shore, uses uh, the water as a way to increase the volume of his voice, to magnify his voice. Maybe the waters of our heart are really rough. Pray God just smooth the waters of our life so that his voice can cross over the waters uh, to our heart. Uh, the Lord Jesus produced a catch of fish from where there was no fish. Imagine what the Lord can do in your life and in mine when we take a risk with him, what he can do in our life, what he can produce in our life from the situation where, well, it's not that great, but yet the Lord is quite capable of transforming uh, your life and in mine because he loves us. Oh my goodness, there's just so many of our contemporaries would come to understand that that God's call in your life and in mine is based on love. He does not want to enslave us, doesn't want to ruin our fun, doesn't want to put us in a straitjacket. He wants us to have a new life in him. But because he's a gentleman, he waits for us to respond. And the call in your life and in mine today is, will you let me catch your heart? Jesus is gone fishing. Will I take a risk and let him catch my heart? So let's make that our prayer. So Jesus, we do thank you for the gift of this day. We thank you, Lord, for 
the way that you have been so much at work in the life of all of your people down through the ages, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who initiates, that you, you come to where we are, Lord, not where we think you want us to be or where we hope to be, but you enter into our lived experience, Jesus. And Jesus, you know what our experience is. You know, Lord Jesus, our struggles. You know, Lord Jesus, our sins. You know our fears. You know it all, Lord. But you want to enter into that experience. And so we first of all thank you for doing so, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you do speak to our heart, that you reveal who you are to us in your word, in your sacrament, through the example and ministry of others, Jesus. Help us to hear you, Jesus. Help us to see you, Jesus. And Jesus, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that even though you know we're going to screw up, Lord, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall, but yet, Lord, you choose us anyway. You choose us and you want to work through us. And so we want to give you our yes today, Lord Jesus. We hear you, Lord Jesus, calling us to go. Go forth, go out, meet others, tell others about you, Jesus. And so, Lord Jesus, we want to do that, Lord. And we understand, Lord, the reality of our life. We repent, Lord, of all the ways we've just been trying to run the show and the ways which we've fallen flat, Lord. The reality is, Lord Jesus, we cannot do this without you. And we hear you, Jesus, calling us to trust in you. And so we want to trust in you, Jesus. And Jesus, we are grateful for the ways in which we have seen you at work in our life. And we want to continue, Lord Jesus, to cooperate with you and give you our yes, so that you can continue to perform miracles in our life that we can tell others about. The ways, Lord Jesus, that you are indeed setting us free, setting the captives free, Lord Jesus, and filling us with the gift of your peace. We need your peace, Lord Jesus. The world we live in, Lord Jesus, is just crazy. And you know that, Lord. And so, Lord Jesus, calm the waters of our heart right now, Lord. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for that one person watching or listening right now, the waters of their life are just bubbling away. The waves are crashing up against them, Lord, that you would just, at this moment, Lord, just calm the waters of their heart and speak to their heart, Lord, as you speak to our heart, that we can hear your voice, Jesus. And Lord, we want to take a risk with you today. And I pray, Lord, for that person listening or watching who may be doing this for the very first time. Just taking a risk, Lord, to allow you to catch our heart. That you catch our heart, Lord Jesus, draw us out of the waters of confusion and, and put us, Lord Jesus, in the waters of your love and your peace. Lord Jesus, we thank you in advance for all that you are already doing in our life and the life of all those who are listening or watching right now. And we say thank you, Jesus. Thank you 
for what you still wish to do with us and for us, even before we know what it is. And Mother Mary and St. Joseph and our own patron saints, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, well, there you go. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. It's always good to see you. Always good to know that I'm just throwing out the net, right? Just casting out the net and just hauling in the fish, all kinds of fish. And it's going to make me hungry. <laughs> hungry for some fish. Anyway, God bless you. If you like this video, please like it. Please comment. Again, I do read your comments. If you have any particular prayer intentions, just send those along to me. I will pray for them. I apologize in advance. I don't always have time to respond to all the comments, but I do uh, read them. Uh, if you can in some way spare a couple of dollars to help this ministry continue to flourish and grow, that would be great. I pray for you. Uh, please pray for me. Remember, I have a goal to get a thousand, thousand subscribers before the my ordination anniversary date, which is on May the 14th. God bless you. Remember that when we're powerless, that's when we're strong, and victory is indeed gained through surrender. Bye-bye. I love God. <laughs>